name is James Bond and I love to get plastered. I bang heaps of bitches cause I'm a smooth bastard. I tell them I love them, then I fuck off back to London on my jetpack. That's how I roll. I need heaps of gadgets cause I carry a shit gun after killing my enemies. I like to make shit puns like the time I asked this guy who was crushed by a milk truck. Got milk as he died. It's okay for me to act like a prick I like to fuck up the towns that I visit Then let Russian sluts eat my dick Because I'm slob, you can suck it I'll ski on your lunch if I want Take a stroll on the heads of some reptiles Then act heaps nonchalant I've slept with Dr. Quinn, I've been to outer space If you try to fuck with me, I'll mess up your stupid face With judo, judo, with motherfucking judo I seem to get younger, as I get older I'm always being handed lots of important folders This martini-ish shithouse, it should be a lot colder Hey bartender, you're a cunt before I go, I'll let you know the number of holes I've fucked like a pro. 839. Welcome to the Gato <laughs> 5 podcast. My name is Max. His name is Jesse. Motherfucking Judo. Hello, Judo! Hello. Um, yeah, this is Got Till 5. We're doing a um, James Bond special today, as you might have guessed from that opening video. We should credit oh, no. who made it. Who made that video? Because we've loved it for like 10 years. This has and, made a lot of our life, yeah. Yeah, we love that video so much, and we quote it to each other all the time, and I have no idea who made it, so big up to whoever did. We should credit that person. We will in the comments down below. We, we <laughs> Nice, do let's do that, let's do that later. Um, whoever made that, you're a legend. Exactly. Um, so James Bond, cool. Right? Cool you don't thing. even like Bond that much, so a Bond is my thing, it's my precious This is a Jesse show. Yeah, sort of. And you got Let Me Choose last week as well. I feel really special right now. Is it because it's been March and it was my birthday month? So you've let me um, do it all. <laughs> yeah, it just means I'm ramping up to something that, that I want to do. And it, yeah, it's going to go badly for you. Yeah. June slash July, whenever your birthday is, is going to be very fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> With all of your gifts. July is July, is The show will be over. Thank you for remembering that, best friend. July, the yeah. it's it's always the same weekend that I work the New Forest Folk Festival. So your birthday is like July the ninth. Fucking hell, mate. 8th, but you should know this in your soul. <laughs> like it's either in your I'm head. Sorry. I'm sorry. 849. 849. <laughs> this podcast um, will be long dead by then. Uh, yeah, that's yes. true. We'll be doing something new, though. Stop. You always say that as if it's the end of us. It's not. We'll burn like Phoenix from the ashes. We'll be new. <laughs> Can't get rid of me, sunshine. This is true. This is true. I've tried for many, many a year. I'm like crabs. <laughs> gonorrhea? Gonorrhea <laughs> comes back, doesn't it? Herpes. Does it? Like herpes. herpes never goes away. Yeah, I got mouth herpes. I get that. Um, like it's called. They're called cold sores, aren't they? Thanks for sharing them. live on air. Appreciate it. I haven't, I haven't got them right now, but I do get them sometimes. So if anyone ever kisses me, just have a gander first. <laughs> Double check. <laughs> Double check before you lean in. Why do you like James Bond so much? Um, 
I've always loved James Bond, and it's actually um, it's the fault of. Do you remember Ed Breeze, who we went to school with? He was like my little friend in year seven and eight, and he was obsessed with James Bond. And as a result, I got into it. So like, whenever I'd go around his house, there would be a Bond film on. He watched them all the time. It's a bit weird looking back. He was really into them. And I'm on VHS back in those days, kids. And um, we just have them on. And it was great. Um, and it was just, I don't know, like, um, it's nice to have, like, a mass... I've always been drawn to masculine figures without being particularly <laughs> masculine myself. <laughs> like, maybe it's because I'm trying to make up for something in my heart. Like... I fucking idolise Bruce Springsteen, right? Which I know is different the from Bond. Of men. Yeah. He is a manly man. To me, he's like the... Um, he's exactly what masculinity should be. So I love him. I've always loved... Like, metal music is all built on that. It's um, muscular, sort of cool front men. You know, like Slipknot is all... Lemmy from Motorhead is all... Metallica is all... And it's just because a bunch of nerds are desperate for... Jesse a... does listen to metal, I promise. It's, just... <laughs> <laughs> um, it's because like all these nerds want a, a man, right? Like a masculine thing that they know deep down they can never be. That's what Bond is as well, I think. I think there's a I'm bunch of... I'm loving you like... this evening. I have herpes. I just need a man to hold me and make me feel special. <laughs> so there's... Um, so there's... Like, so I think Bond is that for a lot of people. And he was that for me when I was a kid. So I was a bit of a nerd when I was a kid. Um, you know, before I became the cool person you see now. But like, seeing this... You're wearing a Guns N' Roses Beano t-shirt. Yes, I am. The Bass Street Kids um, in the style of Guns N' Roses. That's But that's cool now, right? right Would have cool. probably got beaten up as a kid if I wore that. But now, comes full circle, I'm cool. <laughs> Why is that adult wearing a child's t-shirt? Um, but... <laughs> in a child's small... <laughs> Really, I'm a very small man. Um, but um, yeah, Bond is that. He's suave. He's I love that he's British as well. It was cool to have an action hero that was British when you were a kid, so you didn't really get them. Um, he's British. He's um, wears cool shit. He bangs the birds. He like has cool guns, cool cars, and stuff like all this manly stuff. That is, I just like it, and I like the way he's evolved through the years, which I'm sure we'll talk about as we go through these films. Um, I think the character has evolved quite nicely. Um, there's there's not a single Bond actor that I dislike either. I think everyone has done a good job with Bond who's played Bond. Very true, very true. And that will be something we touch on because I think we cover nearly every Bond in our list. I, I think there's... there's um... uh, well, I don't know what you what's on your list, actually, but there's... Um, yeah. But there's certainly a Bond that I have omitted that a lot of people love, and I'm not a massive fan of him, but we'll talk about that later. Interesting. I'm excited to see. Uh, quick side fact, Got Till 5 history-related, little trip down uh, memory lane. Did you know that yesterday, Jesse, was the 20th anniversary of Dreamcast dying a slow, painful, painful death? Oh, really? What, yep. uh, what do you mean? March 31st, 2001 was when it... What, officially, when they officially stopped production? Or, yeah. like, yeah. okay... That's yeah. sad. Mine's just here. I love that. I love, so, I love my I, boy. So we did an episode of Top 5 Dreamcast Games, and I shared the episode on Twitter, and I was listening back to it. And we did that episode a year ago, and we also did uh, Top 5 Netflix documentaries a year ago, when lockdown happened. And it's okay. a trip listening to it, when we're all like optimistic, and we're like, oh, Tiger King <laughs> selling nips on Animal Crossing isn't life fun. 
That was a year ago, man. Right, and now, yeah, look, <laughs> nothing's changed. Still except, doing it. Like, yeah, we're still doing it. And like, Animal Crossing isn't fun anymore. But like, it's quite a good metaphor. It's a year on. Nothing's changed for us. But my Animal Crossing island is fucked, mate. Like, it's all overgrown. <laughs> There's cockroaches everywhere. And it's starving. only just been a year. Yeah. I logged on, like, just like for the first time in months the other day. My villagers were like, where you been, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Especially with my village, because I, I sectioned off my house. Like, I built a moat around it and put barbed wire and everything and fire. So, so did I. This is why we're best friends. <laughs> That's what we do with ours. So, so I log in like eight months later and I come back. I'm like, hey, man. Hey, t- hey tomato. <laughs> I was like, fuck, you know, it's the guy with the turtles. <laughs> He's back. When you said, hey, tomato, you meant ketchup, didn't you? Yeah. That's cute. I'm cinnamon eight months. I don't know what her name is. I don't know her name. I um, tomato. So, <laughs> so you know you can um, you can give yourself you can tell your villagers to give you a nickname. Yeah. Um, I told them all to call me Mind Führer, which I and I completely forgot about it. And then I go back on, and they're like, "Hi, Mind Führer." <laughs> I'm like, see, oh. see, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're not allowed cute little games from Nintendo. We just yeah, ruin we it. it. We just ruin it. Um, but let's get cracking on a, a bit of GoldenEye funness. I'm going to play the, the top five intro because we rarely get to play it in the middle of the show. Normally we open with it, but we had a fun little intro at the start. Nice. Let's, let's put a proper break in here. Let's okay. Properly for once, shall we? Love it. I happen to love the number five. I have to pick up. I'm wearing a towel. Oh, Marvin, you're naked. Stop looking at me, Swan. Are you itching? That feels like um, we did a pre-show, doesn't it? That's fun. It does. It's like, oh, hi, everyone. I'll be honest scenes. with you. Um, I'm not itchy. I know you're watching me rub away there. I mean, I've already uh, destroyed my sex appeal talking about my mouth herpes um, and my children's <laughs> T-shirts. So I might as well carry on with this. I have an ingrowing hair on my shoulder blade. Jesus and Christ. good God, does it hurt. And it's just really, it's really sore. <laughs> I can't, I don't know if you could... Please don't, we're okay, we're okay. you see that? I didn't put a warning on this episode, put it away. You can see it, right? (laughs) Oh, God, it hurts. I think I might be growing hair wigs. You you used to be the attractive one out of us two. My (laughs) tables have turned. How are the turntables? I was a late bloomer. Uh, Thanks for that, (laughs) Jesse. No, it's cool. Um, I will be attractive again. I'm just taking a hiatus. Yeah, I reckon when you get into your 40s, you're going to come back around. <laughs> no, not right. that long. I mean, like today. <laughs> Mate, you got I'll a bad right 10 years tomorrow. ahead of you. you got a bad 10 years ahead of you. <laughs> just saying. I'll be a silver okay. fox. You're going to be a silver fox. Brave of you. Brave. Street fox. <laughs> now, you're kicking us off with James Bond movies, James Bond films. And yes. we were saying that the um, whatever the new one coming out is the curse of lockdown. It's no meant to come to out die. in March of l- last year. We were like, fine, whatever. Got cancelled. Was the first movie to get cancelled out of all of them? Was no yeah. time to die. We talked about it on this podcast. I remember us talking about it because, like, when COVID was a right, a really new thing, <laughs> when it just came out, when it was a new release, um, <laughs> we um, we were talking about it on the show, and I was saying how I hadn't taken it seriously until they took Bond away from me. Because yep. it was supposed to come out in like April last year. And yeah, it's not good, mate. You can't take Bond away from me. Although I was 
Although I was speaking to my uncle. This is like, you know, when you hear like people, yeah, my uncle works for Nintendo, so I can get like this. Uh, my uncle works like in like advertising and does a lot of advertising stuff. And he's been working with um, people who are closely associated with the new Bond film. And uh, this might be slanderous to say, but the reason that they cancelled or like delayed that film so much quicker before like any everyone else did anything about um lockdown and stuff is because the film's not very good and they they were like oh great this gives us like another year to re-edit because you could make a bad film good or a good film bad in the edit room right like long after it's been filmed yeah uh, you could just edit it so they've been taking all this time to re-edit the film and they were like thank fuck like that we can try and make this better so that's what that's why they jumped on the opportunity to delay it and then they delayed it again yeah, so maybe it's just awful. Yeah, well, that excites me. If if they're working on it and, and they're making that progress, all power to them. I'm I'm ready for it to come out in November now? I think it's November now, yeah. No, somewhere around there, somewhere around yeah. there. Right, Jesse, kick us off with number five. <clears throat> You've gone for Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Solid Bond film. Actually, yeah, but while we kick off with this, can I throw in Bond facts as we go? As oh, well? yeah, that's what I want. That's yeah, I okay, want. cool. So do you know where Ian Fleming got the name James Bond from? No. There you go. So he is a keen bird watcher, and he bought a book yeah. called um, Popular Birds of the West Indies, um, written by a chap called James Bond, because um, Ian Fleming would hang out in the West Indies a lot, so he was bird hunting saw this book and he was like james bond is the most boring name i have ever seen in my life it would be a perfect generic name for a secret agent so he thought right i'm taking that started writing that's where the name james bond came from there you go guys you get some scoops and facts didn't know that there you go there you go I'll, I'll keep going i think i've got others in my head goldeneye uh pierce Brosnan's first bond film it, it had taken i think a seven-year hiatus from the previous Bond film, which was a Timothy Dalton film called License to Kill, uh, which came out in 1988. Um, this film was written and ready um, for Timothy Dalton, but they had a five-year legal dispute with MGM, um, the Bond people, about distribution rights. So this film should have come out starring Timothy Dalton in like 1990, but because of this five-year dispute, it just went on forever. They couldn't make the film. When they finally settled the lawsuit, they were like, Tim, we're going to make Goldeneye, mate. And he was like, I'm so over the bomb thing. <laughs> I've just been like sitting <laughs> with my thumb up my ass for like five years. I can't be asked. They went, all right, fine. So then they cast um, Pierce Brosnan, who they had initially looked at when they cast Timothy Dalton as Bond. But Pierce Brosnan was locked into a TV deal at the time. He was he was ready to play Bond. This is a dick move. He was ready to play Bond. And then the TV series that he was contracted to went, yeah, we're just going to do six more episodes. Like, and you have to do them because you're contracted. But we're only doing that so that you can't run away from this contract. So that's how, that's why he didn't get it. But it worked, I think, because that if Pierce Brosnan had got it in the 80s, he would have been in his 20s. And Bond should be in his mid thirties, I think. Yeah, do you? I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I think that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. So this film comes out. Another fact: this is the first Bond film that's not based on an Ian Fleming book. It's a completely original story that wasn't taken from any of the books. Um, mm. It also it opens with a world record. Um, the stunt double of Pierce Brosnan does the biggest bungee jump um, at the time that was ever done in a film. Um, so that is um, in the Guinness Book of Records. Um, what I love, I love. I think all 
uh, no, uh, but um, are all the first Bond films of a new Bond actor are always cool because they know that everyone's watching it, waiting to see the face of new Bond, right? So they deliberately tease it. They do it in all of them. So, like, you can only see the back of his head for ages and, like, you could just see close-ups of him, like, knocking someone out or whatever. And it's not until he does the big bungee jump that you see Pierce Brosnan as Bond for the first time. I think it's a great film. It's got... um, uh, Boris, who flips the pens. Do you remember? That's the first time I ever saw um, Alan Cummings. Um, mm-hmm. He's obviously turned into a very famous actor. He wasn't then, particularly. Sean Bean plays 006. I love the whole storyline that they were best friends and Sean Bean basically turns heel. Um, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen it. Um, as like 25 main, years. Yeah, as the main bad guy. And we've got Xenia on a top who is um, played by the same girl who plays Jean Grey in the X-Men films. I can't remember her name. Um, But she is hot, which helps. Always good. I like, I prefer the hot villain girls to Bond girls in Bond films. I think that says a lot about me. Oh, definitely. But she gets off on, she like, her character trait is she gets off on um, killing people. So she basically has orgasms whilst people are dying. If she's like crushing them with their thighs or shooting. But... I saw this film when I was like, what, six or seven years old. That does things to your brain, son. <laughs> like, like now, this I think... makes perfect sense. <laughs> I think I'm into odd things because of Xenia on the top. Um, but um, great film, amazing debut from Pierce Brosnan. I think Pierce Brosnan, I always identify as my Bond or like our generation's Bond, right? Because it was all yeah. through the '90s. And even though he had a couple of stinkers because i saw them when i was a kid i still love those films for nostalgic reasons but i think even nostalgia aside goldeneye is legitimately a really good bond film yeah Action it's just tact. fun that that that's what he did he bought kind of fun campy 90s movies which again as a kid you don't care for like story plot or like invisible cars not being realistic it just is a cool thing to experience and spawned one of the greatest uh, multiplayer video games of all time he did, and single player. You gotta say, like that you gotta is say. It, the single player campaign on Goldeneye for the N sixty four is um, it's the first shoot 'em up I remember playing where you you can't just go all guns blazing through the level. There is a degree of you have to think about how you're going to get around this bit, and you have to stop and think. Right, I have to take cover here to take this lot out. Before that, I'd never, I've never seen a game like that, and in that no. era, I can't think of any until like the early two thousands of games that you actually had to stop and think. Yeah, completely. Because it, it had that kind of thing. I always remember getting in trouble with my mum when I was playing Goldeneye with my brother for like the worst reason ever. We were playing a multiplayer game, and you can you can select like whether you want to have. Um, explosives or just pistols and you could kind of select like your gun thing but there's also an option where you can just hit each other and it's just called slaps and that's yeah. that's the level that you can kind of have just slaps which is a nightmare <laughs> when you have odd job in, in the map um odd job's me, like two foot six you can't slap him you can't so we were going around the map and me and my brother and we we're just doing slaps and stuff and he hit me and i just go are oh, you slapper why did you hit me why are you being such a slapper and i just said mum from downstairs go why? Why are you using that language? Like, no, no, he's actually slapping. Why am I in trouble? I don't understand. Oh, that feeling as a kid when like there's been a genuine misunderstanding. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're getting bollocks and you're like, but you can't you can't explain it because you still know you're a child. <laughs> you know, you're just like get in trouble more. Yeah, like clearly I've said something that I shouldn't have, but I'm not entirely sure what that is. Yeah. So 
Apologies. That was the only problem with Goldeneye. Is that Odd Job? Odd Job in the films, he's in Goldfinger, is not a short man, but no. in the game he is. Knickknack is a playable character in multiplayer. He's an actual dwarf, and he is taller than Odd Job in yeah. the game Goldeneye. It does not make sense. That's just some classic Nintendo racism there. Ridiculous, poor old Knickknack. I love that little guy. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But you said about Pierce Brosnan bringing a bit of campy and fun back, and he did, which is great, because yeah. Timothy Dalton had done two films before this. Um, and Timothy Dalton, very deliberately, when you see him interviewed, wanted to take on a, a serious Bond. Um, he wanted to make Bond less of a womanizer. And he, had, if you watch his two films, he only has one woman that he sticks with in each film. Um, he fought for that. It was a very serious Bond. He didn't really joke. He was quite a harrowed um, Bond. Awesome Bond, I think. But I don't think the world was quite ready for that. And then Pierce Brosnan no. comes along and comes it up again. And everyone's like, yes, mate, that's what we want from Bond. Yeah, especially in like, like it works for modern Bond because that's the audience. But in the 80s, when you're competing against, you know, your Sylvester Stallone, your Arnold Schwarzeneggers, and you've just got this like fun over the top action, you don't want your suave um, one woman kind of James Bond. That's, that's not what we look for, especially when you've had 20, 25 years of, whatever Sean Connery in the restaurant did. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, yeah, it's weird. Tim the Timothy Dalton films are reviewed really well now. If you look at, like, contemporary reviews, people are like, these yeah. are awesome films. But when they came out, people weren't on. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I feel like Pierce Brosnan looks like James Bond the best. Like, he's just got that look, doesn't he? And he just kind of, oof. Some of them, we'll get to them <laughs> a little bit later. Woof, baby. Some of them are a bit hit and miss where you go, James Bond, really? Come on, go on. <laughs> Timothy Dalton. Um, oh, you leave him alone. But Pierce Brosnan has that, like, look at this dude with his, like, silencer gun and his tuxedo. So cool. So cool. Yeah, he is cool. Have, have you seen him recently, Pierce Brosnan, what he looks like now? Yeah. He's grey and got a massive fucking beard. It's awesome. Yeah. He looks Gorgeous great man. with a massive beard. Gorgeous man. He is good so, at dude. And he's a genuine fan of Bond as well. Like, he's the only Bond actor that you see interviewed who still marks out over the fact that he was James Bond. Like, yeah. he absolutely loves that shit. Like, he sort of... You see Sean Connery interviewed, and he's like, oh, I just I just hate that people only know me as James Bond. And you see, um, like, Daniel Craig interviewed, and he's like, yeah, I'm only doing this for the money. Like, this is this has gone on way too long. And then you see Pierce Ross, and he's like, I get to say the name's Bond, James Bond, like everyone else did. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. And I, did, and I did a scene with Q, and Q's in, like, all the films, and I got to act with him. And he's like, he still absolutely loves it. And that, yeah, and that shows as well. That shows in his acting and how he's kind of doing stuff. So, yeah, oh, well done, life. Pierce Brosnan. Well done. Yeah. God bless you, sir. God bless so, you. So, um, solid choice. Um, old Pierce Brosnan looks a bit like Sam Neill. Very true. Who's Sam Neill? Sam Neill from uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I get that. Yeah, I can see that. They should, they should remake the original Jurassic Park with Pierce Brosnan as that part. Yes. What if Pierce Brosnan came back as Q? Ooh. Um, they did a little switchy switch. They've done it a couple of times in Doctor Who, and it's like they played the older character. Well, like interestingly, um, I can give you a cool Bond fact later on, if because there's one film I know that's in your top five, and I can give you a fact similar to that related to that Stay film. Stay tuned, kids. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. But can I give you another Bond fact now, just while it's in <laughs> Oh, my yeah, head. you still again. <laughs> um, 
the uh, You Only Live Twice, which was one of Sean Connery's Bond films. I sent you a picture earlier. It's the one where he has um, racial reassignment surgery, where they turn him Japanese, where, where they basically just cut his fringe flat. <laughs> That's all they do. And um, making that. Do you know who wrote that film? I mean, obviously, Ian Fleming wrote the book. But do you know who wrote the screenplay? No. Roald Dahl. Ah, fun facts. Right, yeah. Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay of um, that film. And do you know what Ian Fleming is most famous for writing aside from James Bond? No. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Really? Yeah. What, what a, a multi, a multi-talented writer, right? From James Bond to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. I'm just picturing like him showing up to take on the child catcher and just like that guy. <laughs> I'm picturing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang just as an Aston Martin. <laughs> and him just going down the road going, oh, hey, Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, just like hey. That's like, yeah, machine guns are coming out of the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> That's in my head now. Whenever I see James Bond driving a car, I'm just going to picture him doing that like. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, excellent choice. Uh, for my number four, or our number four, or the the list number four, Jesus. Uh, go in OG as OG as you can get for the full length films, as OG as you can get with Dr. No. Now, Dr. No is the first James Bond film, it says quite nicely there in uh, in red text, and it's cool because there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling for time while I remember. Okay, my number three, <laughs> number three, everyone. <laughs> So for me, as Jesse said, like I'm not a massive James Bond fan. I've not like sat down and watched them, but they were a big part of my childhood where it would be Channel 4 and they'd be on and you'd end up watching them. And they leave an imprint in all, all of our lives. I think no one can ever say they've never seen a James Bond film. I don't think anyone has that title in their life. And Dr. No was this kind of very first... Um, not low budget, but they didn't put a lot of money into it because they just didn't believe that it would be successful. Um, when they tried to pitch it, they said that it's just too blatantly sexual and it's too British. Like those are the two reasons that studios kept passing on it. Which they were feel, just like, feel like they're opposite. They shouldn't, yeah, they shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bloody British and their sex, sex. everywhere. <laughs> you, oh. bloody, you bloody Brits and your dildos. <laughs> But it's it's a fun movie, and it the way they lowered the budget meant that Bond had to be a little bit more resourceful than what he would normally be. It wasn't just like explosions and gadgets and all these cool toys that they had. He was doing like spy shit where he was putting hairs over doors to see if the seal would get broken. <laughs> the scene where he's got like the reeds and they're trying to breathe for the snorkels and stuff. Um, and then there's the tarantula scene. There's no like big fight scene. It's Sean Connery versus a tarantula. That's <laughs> that's like the biggest threat halfway through the movie. Instead of like them swarming in his in his room. And did you know that uh, Sean Connery is terrified of tarantulas? Like it's his is worst he? fear. So what they had to do was they had to put a glass barrier between him and a tarantula. When they had that scene of his face and a tarantula, it's actually a tarantula blowing up glass because ah. uh, he just would not be near it um, at all. That's interesting. That's quite precious, like, because Sean Connery obviously became a legendary actor, but he wasn't at this point. This was, like, no. his first big role, and he's already making demands like that. But he's great. What I really love about Sean Connery, this is, like, one of the few Sean Connery films where, because he's on the beach and that, he's in his trunks and you see him topless. Um, and they and he's got, like, this old naval tattoo here, and yeah. they, they just rolled with it. Like, they just left that on his arm. So I love, like, in canon... 
James Bond has this shit hot naval tattoo on his forearm, which I <laughs> quite they were, like. Yeah, well, they weren't expecting this to be this 50-year franchise without to worry about continuity, were they? And we'll get onto continuity later and all of that. But my favorite fact about Dr. No, Jesse, is did you know that in an early draft of the screenplay, they wanted to make Dr. No a monkey? Dr. No would turn out to be the simian idol, a monkey god worshipped by island natives, um, though he'd have human avatar who had a, a capuchin monkey of his own. Um, but the producer was appalled and told the screenwriters to go back to the novel and come up with a le- less ridiculous nemesis who was more faithful to what Fleming had written. But I just, I wish, I pray that, that they had been done that. so dope. And um, <laughs> apparently, like, I don't think it's been 100% confirmed, but Rami Malek's character in the upcoming Bond film is hinted at being a re sort of reincarnation of Doctor No, so that'd be really cool. With, uh, Christoph Waltz with yeah, uh, as Blofeld, yeah, yeah. Blofeld, 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 um, darling. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but hopefully, like that, that, we can't rule out that Rami Malek is actually a human being controlled by a monkey in this film, right? We can't, we can't rule out in this film and in life. We don't yeah. know that's the case. Hey, you, you know, know who's you know who's co-written the new Bond film? No, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Interesting. Yeah, I I didn't actually know that until fairly recently, but I think that's a really cool person to sort of be brought in to um to write a Bond film. Yeah, I think she'd do amazingly at that. Mm. And I have another Bond fact for you, which you might not know. So this is targeted as the first ever Bond film, but it's not the first ever Bond adaptation. In 1954, there was a TV show called Climax, and Barry Nelson, an American. Played Jimmy Bond in a Casino Royale ad- adaptation. He did. Casino Royale has been adapted three times. Um, yes. This is the first one. Then there was a terrible comedy, comedy film. Yeah. yeah, where Woody Allen was the Bond villain in that film, which is pretty. <laughs> fun. That's it's, it's actually a bit funny. Those bits with Woody Allen. <laughs> it's like an Austin Powers spoof, though. It's, it's that level. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> obviously Casino Royale will be in Daniel Craig's first one. But um, yeah, Doctor No, love it. First one. It's interesting watching it now as a bond film knowing all the bond tropes because this film doesn't have any of them like yeah. other other than he, he does say my name's bond james bond but there's Which no like big song at the start and all that yeah um there's no like big song at the start i don't think he drinks a martini at any point in the film like all this just stuff that you associate with well q isn't in it it's the only film that q isn't in well not now obviously but um like until q retired in um, the world is not enough um, yeah, he'd done every Bond film with the exception of the first one, Doctor No. Um, which is bad because he never looked, he always looked the same age. Oh yeah, he was old and then he, he's just one of those people who was old and will just stay old forever. Yeah, like, yeah, in the 60s he was old, in the 90s he was old and yeah. never changed. He died pretty gruesomely. I can't Did remember he? exactly how it was. Yeah, I think he, so he had retired. The World Is Not Enough was his last film. And um, it was uh, then... It, it's like, I reckon this was a hit, like a Diana style. So he'd retired. I bet the Broccoli Mafia film family who do all the bomb films weren't happy about it. So when um, Q was driving to the premiere, he had a heart attack and crashed his car, I think. What? While singing Chitty like Chitty Bang Bang. While singing Chitty 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 Bang Bang, we love you. Um, <laughs> so, 
Um, Q, James, I'm going to get the actual facts on this because I can't. He's going to get the facts. While Jesse's doing yeah. that, I'll give you guys another fact about this movie. To launch uh, Doctor No and the James Bond, because they knew they wanted this to be a franchise and they knew they wanted it to be this big thing, uh, the filmmakers tried to cast a lead role by hosting a nationwide Find James Bond contest in England. Um, it got some publicity behind it. Uh, but the filmmakers had absolutely no intention of casting the winner. Peter Anthony ended up winning. He was a model, but he had no acting experience. But uh, I bet he's uh, kicking himself now that you get this promise of, oh, you can be the next James Bond, and then nothing. Not good. Well, there's a, there's another Bond we could talk about that um, had no acting experience, which is um, we quite will. interesting. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, here we go. Um, Q. So uh, the guy that played him was called Desmond Llewellyn. Um, on 19th December 1999, Llewellyn was driving alone to a book signing event um, when his Renault Megane was involved in a head-on collision with a Fiat Bravo driven by a 35-year-old man on the A27 near the village of Berwick in East Sussex. Um, despite attention from a doctor and being taken by helicopter to the hospital, um, he died shortly thereafter at the age of 85. That's mental, isn't it? Like, dying That's at 85 mental. from a car accident. It's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, that was the end of Q. God bless you, Q. God bless you, Queen. And um, I, I'll, we'll get to it later. We keep saying this. We'll get to this later. But I like the replacement queue as well. I feel like Ben Wishaw did. A, they went. Did a they job. did. They went. They that was all, yeah. Well, the original replacement queue was R, played by John Cleese. Do you remember that? They did that yes. for. Um, a couple I, I of love these episodes where you and me just kind of out fact each other. Yes, but did you know? <laughs> Are you aware? I know, I know so much useless stuff about. Um, but um, but that didn't really work. And. Um, but yeah, Ben Wishel, um, I love that casting. Um, that's I like that they've gone the other direction on these things. Like it's baby steps, but like I like the money penny is now played by a black person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's a cool step forward. I like that Ben Wishel is like young. Uh, obviously he is, but I mean, like the character Q is now like young and up and coming, which completely changes the sort of di dynamic of that character. It's really cool. Exactly. Very, very cool. And I would recommend people just go back and rewatch Doctor No. Yes, it has a lower budget and it's all filmed in kind of one location. And when people get shot, it's really funny because it's like they're getting tickled. <laughs> <laughs> like every time. Um, but it, it, the it's... iconic bikini scene on the beach. The iconic like, that is amazing. Scene. Yeah. Uh, with the, the, so the first ever Bond girl, right? And she's. Uh, Which uh, she... sold for £35,000. Fact. Did it? Well, the bikini. Yeah. Oh man, there's some like millionaire who just like sleeps with that <laughs> on his face and a boner. <laughs> <laughs> and did you know that Sean Connery and Ursula Andress had an affair during production? Of course they did. Sean Connery's all did. man. Who who wouldn't he? I bet he had an affair with every man, woman, and child <laughs> he ever worked with. <laughs> Maybe not child, I mean the man's dead, but let's, uh, oh, yeah, let's okay. we've got seven episodes oh. left, Jesse. Come on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that iconic line when he sees her in the bikini and she says something like, um, oh, um, are you looking for something? And he goes, no, just looking. I quite like that line. <laughs> but the weird thing is about that affair is it was called off because Connery's wife became pregnant. Um, but later, Connery became the godfather of Andress's son. So like he had an affair with this woman. She had a baby with someone else. And then he was the godfather. Like, I'm sorry, but as if I was her husband, Probably, probably, cool with that. He probably he probably didn't know until now. Listening well, now to this he show, does. <laughs> he's Shit. tuning into God till five. It's like what happened? <laughs> Wait, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> but, but I'd recommend checking out Doctor No. Like, yes, it's the first one. Yes, it's lesser budget and it doesn't have the stuff. But you got judo in it. You've got 
Bond, James Bond. And it's just fun. And it's it's where it all started. And I think it still holds up, my friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean Connery is all man. <laughs> it's not what I was saying, Justin. <laughs> You're just saying what you want at this point. I men. hear what I, I hear. What men I on the hear. brain today, haven't you? <laughs> men, men, men. Love men. Okay, your uh, your number three pick is one I'm interested to hear about because I don't remember it and I don't think I care for it. So, uh, Fuck what you. do you got for me? Fuck your choice. <laughs> <laughs> this is License to Kill, 1989. I thought it was 88. I misspoke earlier. Apologies. Um, so, uh, this is from the Daltmeister. Timothy Dalton, this is his second film. He did The Living Daylight a couple of years before this. There he is. That is a good looking Bond. And that. He, that piece, no. Uh, but that um, <laughs> that um, that picture reminds me of. I had a Sega Mega Drive game that was a James Bond game, and that is the exact picture. It wasn't called License to Kill the game. I can't remember what it was called, but that's the picture they used on the cover. That exact picture of Timothy Dalton, and I got nostalgia for that. It's a really good two D platforming game, running along, shooting people as Bond. It's great. Um, anyway, this is a good film. Um, I really like Timothy Dalton as Bond. A lot of people now compare him to Daniel Craig in that he made the character more serious and um, uh, took a lot of the campness and humour out of it, which sounds bad, but can be quite cool as well. Um, this film did pretty poorly because it came out at the same time as, like, I think you touched on it earlier, like, just all the fucking late 80s amazing yeah. action films. Like, it was against Lethal Weapon, um, Alien, fucking, um, I had that other one in my head, Rambo, like, stuff like that. Like, how could you compete with that, really? Um, but I love this film, mainly because it's believable, because the bad guy, Sanchez, is awesome in this. He's a totally believable, like, mafia-style gangster guy. And um, he works on trust, which you sort of would have to if you were in this world. And it, I love that he works on trust. Um, he he has a henchman who's really cool, who is... Um, do, you, um, do you like Sin City, the film Sin City? Love it. Um, do you remember Brittany Murphy's boyfriend who Clive Owen fucks up? The sort of Mexican-looking dude with the long hair. Yeah. Um, so he is the henchman in License to Kill. And much younger with short hair and is a good-looking lad when he was younger. So it's sort of cheekbones that you could cut yourself on if you gave him a little speech on the cheek. Um, good-looking bloke. <laughs> it's a good-looking bloke. It's the Easter weekend, man. I'm happy. I'm in a good mood because I've got four days off. Um, he's... Um, so he's he's good. Sanchez is awesome. Cool gangster. Timothy Dalton plays it real serious. Real hot American girl in this. She's like the Bond girl. She's really hot. Can't remember her name. Uh, she's got short hair as well. She's got a proper little bob, which um, is like... I don't know if that was particularly trendy in the 80s, but it worked on her, baby. Um, I just think he's a serious Bond. Um, there's not all that much action in this. This is more of a psychological Bond film. Um, he... Um, becomes friends with Sanchez, the main bad guy, and Sanchez trusts him as like a potential henchman. So basically, Bond is um, because he goes rogue. So it starts right. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Come so on, Jesse, this, focus so, up. Yeah. So this film starts with Felix's wedding. You know, Felix, who's like a reoccurring character through yep. all the Bond films. Black. Uh, he's black in the Daniel Craig stuff, isn't he? Uh, always American friend of Bond. It's his wedding um, at the start, um, but his wife gets killed at the wedding, um, which is echoing something else. And um, 
um, to take revenge on Felix, um, Bond basically goes rogue. And the MI6 are like, you can't do that, mate. Like, there's protocols. And he's like, no, I'm going to go rogue and fuck this guy up. And they're like, right, you're fired. So he, he, he becomes a rogue agent. So he's off. Um, and um, that's when he tries to sort of get work as Sanchez's hitman. But he's doing that to get in and kill Sanchez. And then Q, here's what's going down. This Q gets, like, action scenes in this film. Q hangs out with Bond in the hotel and like they're living like the original odd couple, which is brilliant because <laughs> like in all the other Bond films, you just see Q at the start and he just he's gives Bond little, the gadgets. Yeah, and that's it. yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes on location for this. And there's one brilliant bit where he's in disguise um, as like a gardener or something. And um, whilst Bond is chasing Sanchez and he needs to contact Bond. So he just turns his rake, like pulls his rake open and there's a massive like phone in the rake. <laughs> Speaking into it. Hello. It's like massive aerial coming out the top of it. It's like there's no subtlety to this rake phone. But, but I think that tells you how good a friend Q is. Like he's always in the office, but then he's like, Q, my, my mate's wife got murdered. I'm going to have to go. I'm on it. Let me get yeah. the rake. Yeah, Let me yeah. get the hoe. And I'll meet you there. Meet There's no way to talk about the bunker. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, he. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And I like that Q did that, even though Bond had gone rogue. Um, Timothy Dalton is a great Bond. He was well ahead of his time. Both of his films, The Living Daylights as well, are awesome. And um, the only role that comes anywhere near this is when he voiced the thespian hedgehog in Toy Story 3. <laughs> That's all Jesse will remember in the obituary. <laughs> when Timothy Dalton kicks it, right? Great Bond, great hedgehog. Great, great, great hedgehog. hedgehog. Do you remember that hedgehog in Toy Story 3? So good. So good. Yeah, the, yeah, the thespian hedgehog. Gotta <laughs> love him. Um, so I gotta admit, Timothy Dalton is my least favorite Bond. But hearing you speak about it, no, don't flip me off yet. Save it. Save it for when you mean it. <laughs> so my favorite Bond films are the more serious kind of elements of, of Bond with Dr. No and my next choice and the choice after that, you'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'm very dull. So with Timothy Dalton, I I, I watched him as a kid, and I, when you're a kid, it's like, ah, oh, where's the where's the boobs, man? Come on, I'm yeah, seven. I, you are right. Yeah, they're they're definitely sort of more grown up. Yeah, Bond films, and I've never watched them since I was younger. So now I feel like I need to go back and give give the Dalton some love. Mm. Uh, yeah, give it a go. Just please for me, for me, either well, of them, both both of them are good. It's the long weekend. I've got I got fuck all to do this weekend. I'll sit there by myself. I'm just gonna watch a bit of Dalton. Me, me, me nice. and the boys singing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> we love Great. you. I've got a Blu-ray box set of all the Bond films, and it's my pride and joy. I love that shit because each one has. Um, each film has like bonus features on it. That's the problem with streaming nowadays, kids. You don't get bonus features like you used to. Like no. I watch a bomb film, then I'm like, man, I can now watch this like 45 minute featurette on like the making of it and uh, interviews with everyone. Oh man, what's missing now? Like I always remember Sam Wood. Whenever we'd go and watch movies <laughs> around Sam, it was just um, we'd watch the movie and then the next day we'd watch it with commentary. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever sat through the extended version of Lord of the Rings with, com- with commentary. <laughs> Fuck. Like, now I know I'm a patient person. Now I know that about myself. <laughs> I must have told you this story before. Um, and I've sort of given away the punchline because of what we're talking about now. But uh, a friend of mine's grandparents, um, he uh, set up a DVD player for them because they never had anything like that. And he was like, look, bought them a few DVDs. And it's like, um, this is how you watch DVDs. And then left them to it. And um, he gave them, I think it was The Passion of the Christ. And they were watching The Passion of the Christ. 
And because my mate really loved that film for some reason. And he was, he was like, I'm going to show my grandparents Passion of the Christ. And so he phoned them up afterwards and he was like, oh, did you watch Passion of the Christ? What do you think of it? And they were like, yeah, it was all right. We thought it was quite good. But um, it was really weird that Mel Gibson just kept like butting in. And he was like, what? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, like we were watching the film. And then Mel Gibson would just like start talking in the background. And so they'd obviously put on directors going, but they thought that that was like... A, but directorial <laughs> choice <laughs> like Mel Gibson had gone you know what improve this film if I just talk over the entire thing this beautiful moment of Christ <laughs> being punished and dying for our sins and I talk about you know what it was like in LA that day it was, yeah, exactly. it was one thing <laughs> made filming hard I just love that it's like he consciously made that decision <laughs> That's a good way to fuck with people. I might do that next time. Yeah. They still sat through the whole film and enjoyed it. God bless parents. God bless yeah. them. Okay. Uh, my number two is um, controversial, to say the least, Jesse. I don't know how this is going to go down, but I had to go for it. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, George Lazenby. I remember it. I remember it the most. <laughs> it's it, it's a film that sticks with me. Because I thought about like Casino Royale, like, yeah, it's a good film. Mads Mikkelsen, bit of ball torture, love it. But then I went, actually, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, by the way, this poster, check this out. <laughs> far out! This is actually the poster. Far up, far out, far more. James Bond is back. <laughs> Look how chilly is on those skis. <laughs> <laughs> I will never be that relaxed, and I've never yeah. skied. Like I've never been that relaxed. Not on skis. Look at that! Look at that skirt and gun. She's like, hey, hanging ten, whatever. <laughs> it's like missiles and explosions going on. It's Crazy. a proper swinging sixties poster. That's a swinging sixties poster. Exactly that. So yeah, as we mentioned, uh, George Lazenby, the only uh, actor to play James Bond one time. He was a, or is a, is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he plays. He plays. Um, have you seen Jim Jeffries' sitcom where he sort of plays himself? Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, it's good, but um, George Lazenby plays his dad. Cool. Nice fact, Justin. There you go. As always. So he would. He had no acting experience. This was his first movie. Like, imagine today a franchise of because there'd been a fair few Bond movies by this point, and imagine a franchise like. Fuck, I can't even think of one that would even rival this, where they go, ah, let's just give it to some unknown model, see what he does with it. <laughs> Sean Connery There's... just left, biggest star? Ah, fuck it. There's nothing really, is there? There's nothing like Bond that's been going so long in the same sort of way, because like, I suppose you, it would be like recasting Luke Skywalker or something yeah, like that. exactly, like... with like a no-name s- someone or other. Yeah. Um, and so he did this one movie, and he ended up quitting uh, the role of Bond before the premiere of this film, so even before this came out, he was like, he was done. Because um, he had this, uh, I think he was signed on for like seven movies in total. But his agent at the time convinced him that the secret agent would be archaic because the 70s were going towards that uh, liberated feeling of, uh, and it just wouldn't work. Yeah, beard so, as a, and the whole hippie look. Which yeah, hippie like things that he, he was, was like, into. Yeah, so, you know, this whole spy, suave guy is just not going to work. It's going to bomb in the 70s. So, so Lazenby kind of dropped out. And uh, and went away, and and I feel like this goes into the conversation that we were just having about uh, Dalton because this movie tones down the violence. And I was reading earlier that this is the most accurate adaptation of one of Fleming's books. Like it's almost to the letter. This book when they do it, um, to the point where he's not like sneaking into the lair. He's not shooting people. He he literally impersonates someone to when he's speaking to who's the villain in this one. Um. What's his name? Bloomfield? 
Blofeld. Bitchfeld. Blofeld. His name is Blofeld. I know. I like, <laughs> like getting you angry. He's the most famous. He's Dr. Evil. I... is based on him. <laughs> it's so easy to wind you up. So um, it's him and Blofeld. And he's, My he's father in, like... would womanize. He would drink. <laughs> <laughs> so he had like a, um, literally a Superman disguise where he'd have like a wig and some glasses and he'd just be chatting with Blofeld outside. <laughs> just be like, can I come in? He's like, yeah, fuck it. Come on. Let's, let me give you a tour. Come here, buddy. And they'd uh, walk around, and it just doesn't have that showiness. Same with Doctor No, it doesn't have like the gadgets and explosions of like the previous years. It's just it's talking and it's being smart and it's doing stuff, and also kind of following Connery. That was just such a shit deal for him to kind of try and follow that and go for it. And the thing that I actually love about this is um, he has this kind of he falls in love. And he settles for the Bond girl that he's he's actually falling for. And we'll get to that a little bit in a little bit. But I just love that kind of dynamic that he has where he's actually falling for the person. Uh, Blofeld is more, like, menacing. He does, like, the whole little skiing run, which we see in the, see in the cover, where he's like, brap, 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 compared to, like, uh, the actor who played him previously, who basically just sat in a chair. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah that, that's all he did. So it was a lot more different. Uh, this was the first movie where they kind of broke the fourth wall when they were doing it. There's a line where someone was doing something and um, he goes, wow, the other guy didn't do that. It's like they never acknowledge <laughs> in James Bond that was another person beforehand. That's um, why, do you know the popular fan theory that it has been disproved that James Bond isn't a person, it's a code name. And that's why we've had all these different people play Bond because it's just a code name that they can assign anyone and that almost lends itself to that, doesn't it? Yeah, that would make so much more sense. And they've never really addressed it, have they? Why? Because we've obviously with say for a Doctor Who example, Doctor Who's the closest to James Bond. It's been going for fifty years, multiple actors, blah blah blah. But they have an explanation of the regeneration element with James Bond. It's just like I just get younger. Yeah, they just there's no. Well, I mean, Dan- Daniel Craig films was like Casino Royale felt like a reboot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, we're starting again. This is Bond when he's just got his um, double O license. And that obviously, but then that doesn't make sense because M replaced the, the, the man M who was in all the films. And then in GoldenEye, Judy Dench comes in and becomes new M. And she's she gets the job that in that film, but she's still M in the first Daniel Craig film when he's getting his double O license. So like yeah. the, the continuity is all over the place and there's no point even trying to um, attempt to make all the bomb films make sense with each other. It just doesn't work. No, they're, they're past the point where it's not going to work, but that, that was their out. You're hundred percent right. Their out was that James Bond was a code name and that's who they give to people, but they just went, ah, it's too easy. Fuck it. Yeah. We don't want it. <laughs> um, but, but this movie is, it always sticks with me as a kid when I used to watch it because it, it is, he falls in love with the girl and they get married and you're like, Oh, so this is the end of James Bond. He's like settling down. He's going to settle down with this woman and great. And then they're driving down the like the beautiful road, and then there's just a drive-by shooting. (laughs) Dead bitch. And my favorite bit about that whole scene is it's beautiful and it's poignant. And Lazenby does this amazing kind of acting role. And I think who isn't an actor? Like he who isn't an actor? He he killed it, I think. Yeah, that scene is like tear-inducing when Mm. he's like holding her, and it's just I think he's an amazing Bond. And 
I wish he had more movies to kind of showcase what he did. But there's that beautiful scene at the end where he's holding her. He does this little speech. There's really soft music playing. And the music kind of like crescendos out very softly. And then some idiot made the decision for the credits. It comes up with the text. And then it goes, Someone was like, yep, this is the perfect moment to play James Bond movie, James Bond theme. This is this is it. <laughs> Good it job, was, guys. Yeah. Everyone go home. Nice. It was, yeah. And it was, and then Diamonds Are Forever was the film after this. So they brought, so after Laser B said, I don't want to do any more Bond, yeah. they panicked and Sean Connery came back for one more, which is weird. So like he finished, Laser B came in, then Laser B went and Connery came back for one more, which is Diamonds Are Forever. And so like, like you say, um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, the way it ends with Lazenby doing this touching scene and it's absolutely amazing. And then, like, greying Sean Connery lumbers out for the next <laughs> film, <laughs> which is so, like, a doing the Sean Connery thing. It just completely clangs. Doesn't make sense. And they kind of tried to revisit this in the Daniel Craig storylines where, like, he falls in love with a girl, but then she dies. And the next movie, he's much more vengeful and hateful as a person. And he's a little bit out of control. And I'm wondering if that's what they would have done with Lazenby in the sense of, you know, the next movie in that in that series would have had this heartbroken James Bond and like what he would have done. And it, it's always that kind of what if of what would happen after that, which, which yeah, always yeah. intrigues me. Yeah, they could have gone the really interesting direction. But yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Lazenby was great. Um, I love that he wasn't an actor. He basically, when he saw the first Bond, Dr. No, he just said to himself... I want to play Bond. I love Bond. He was obsessed with Bond. So he started to make himself look like it. He started going to the same hairdresser that Sean Connery goes to um, and um, just ran into um, uh, Chubbs, Chubby Broccoli, um, the guy that like produces all the films. Uh, that's his name. Um, and <laughs> Cubby. Not, no, his name's not Chubbs. It's Cubby. That no, we're sticking with Chubby Broccoli. Cubby. <laughs> Chubbs is from Happy Gilmore <laughs> with the one hand. Um but um, Covey just saw him and um, in his audition and all that, um, George Lazenby said that he was an actor, even though he wasn't. And they were like, oh, yeah, what films have you been in? And he was like, uh, films like films from the Czech Republic. And, and the Cold War was on at the time. So they couldn't check that out. So they were like, OK. He was like, yeah, cool. So I saw an interview with George Lazenby. And when he admitted he wasn't an actor to them all, and they were like, well, you say you're not an actor, but you fooled like all these top Hollywood executives. Right. So you are a pretty fucking good actor, you know. Um, and yeah, smashed it, like you say. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest disservices to the James Bond franchise is not having more Lazenby. Give me more Lazenby in my life. And I think he would have smashed it. And continuing that storyline, as we said, would have would have been fantastic. And it was weird with Connery coming in next and, and doing all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah. It's a shame, but it's one of those things that happens in kind of film history and you just have to play it up to what if. I know Her Majesty's Secret Service has that kind of to and fro where people like it's a little bit too talky. It's a little bit too like the books. It's not enough action because everyone was so used to like boom, 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 Sean Connery fucking shit up at this point that it was a very different change of pace. So, yeah, for me, it's great. Like it's more of a kind of cinematic thriller movie than anything else. Yeah. Totally. Wonderful. Okay, Mr. Mr. Jesse Benz, you're on to your number one pick. Cool. Well, this means I know what your number one is. So before we get into that, um, I want to quickly say, because now I know that this Bond isn't in any of our top fives, Roger Moore. 
Um, very obviously an incredibly famous Bond. Um, love Roger Moore, love his Bond films, but I don't, uh, he's my least favorite Bond. Like, I love all the Bonds, I love Roger Moore, but he is my least favorite Bond. I think he was, he was too old when it started. He was 45 in his first Bond film, mm. and he was like 58 in his last. It was like, it's he just looked at, I remember as a kid just thinking Roger Moore looks old like he's too yeah. old and I can't get into this like Sean Connery George Lazenby Pierce Brosnan they didn't look old like Roger Moore did and sorry Roger Moore I love you and as I've got older I've appreciated your films more but I just couldn't buy into the sort of his comedic old man bond <laughs> that he did because <laughs> how many did Moore do in the end he did loads Loads. Um, yeah, he he holds the record, right, for the, for the most. He might do. It's either him or Connery. Um, I think Connery might just pip it because he came back with Diamonds Forever, and it depends whether you count Never Say Never Again, which is a James Bond film Sean Connery did that wasn't licensed by the Bond estate. So whether you count that as a Bond film or not, um, might change the um answer to that. But yeah, Roger Moore, like. I think 12 years he was Bond, which is quite a long time. Mind you, Daniel yeah. Craig's been it for a while now, hasn't he? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so, yeah, I think in to actually they're tied, apparently. Connery and oh, okay. Moore are tied uh, for for doing the most, which which is interesting. And everyone always associates it more with Connery for, for doing the most Bond films. So it'd be interesting to know everyone else's kind of favourite Bond actors and their favourite um, films. So, so let us know in the comments for sure. But Jesse, you're number one before we get to mine, and then we'll decide who is who is right. You're going for Goldfinger. So this is uh, the third Bond film, which is obviously Sean Connery's third film. Um, it's the first Bond film, in my opinion, that is a a Bond film. Like it's got all the tropes you'd expect from every Bond film after it, where like the women, the um, over-the-top villains, um, some chick that's completely painted in gold. Um, and I love their read, by the way. Like They say that she died because she was painted in gold all over her body so that her skin couldn't breathe. So that's how she died? It was science. Like, <laughs> and they were like, yeah, it's very common in flamingo dancers. <laughs> As if like these dancers are just dropping dead because they got too much body paint on <laughs> Uh, but yeah, over the top. But this is the first Bond film I ever saw when I was a kid. Um, so it has a special place in my heart for that reason. Yep. Um, I had it on video and I would just have it on repeat all the time. I'd just be watching this constantly. Just have it on in the background when I was doing other shit. Just love this film. And it's funny watching it now. And it's the same with a lot of the um, old Bond films. Have you noticed that in um, old 60s films, when they do action scenes, they just stick them on fast forward? Like yes, you, just so, to like make a little bit more. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so clear that he's on fast forward. So it's like Benny Hill when he's like just trying to sort of do a forward flip and something. But anyway, the um, story of this is awesome. The song is obviously awesome. Um, Odd Job is in this, who is an iconic yep. Bond villain. Um, Goldfinger himself, who Bond fact for you. Um, when Ian Fleming was growing up. Um, his mum was a cleaner to a man in a rich house, like cleaned this rich house. And this man was an asshole, and he hated him. And his name was Goldfinger. So Ian Fleming just took that name and said, oh, that guy was a cunt from my childhood. So I'm going to name this bad guy Goldfinger. 
And really, also, in Fleming really didn't care about you know stealing names from bird books and dicks there was in his childhood. No, no, there was no subtext to any of his stuff. He just wrote about what he knew and just did, just yeah. That's piece. what they say. Write about what you know. Yeah. And interestingly, the actor that played Auric Goldfinger um, got in a bit of hot water because it turns out that he um, served as a Nazi. He's a German man. Um, served as a Nazi in World War Two. Um, which sort of all came out afterwards, <laughs> but um, then, um, uh, but then it also came, but then this Jewish family came forward and they said, Yeah, he did, but he actively protected us and helped us escape whilst he was serving as a Nazi, like whilst the war was going on. So he was actually one yeah. of the good guys. So, like, was you know, as a German man, you have to sign up and be a Nazi, you don't really get much of a choice in that, right? But whilst he was doing it, he was, um, sort of saving Jewish people. So actually, pretty nice guy, as it turns out. The guy that played Ori Goldfinger, probably. Nice. Yeah, but um, it's, it's just a great film. I love the storyline. Um, the, um, the, the It's actually quite clever. I quite like the idea. And it's kind of like, in a way, like there's probably people who actually know what they're talking about or who are we talking to. They're like, no, you're an idiot. But it, fe <laughs> it, it feels plausible. So Goldfinger's plan is to... Um, sort of sell, like, steal all this gold and sell it to all these people. But he'll have, like, put radiation into this gold so that he'll always be able to track where it is and basically get it back. And so that gold will never not be his. He'll never not be in control of that gold. Great idea, no? Yeah, 100%. It works. And um, I like the scene, I like it when he's playing golf with James Bond, because it reminds me of The Simpsons, when he's like cheating and dropping balls and stuff, because that's what Mr. Burns does when he's playing with Homer. Um, <laughs> odd Job with the hat is iconic. We've talked about Odd Job and how much I love, um, he was a pro wrestler and the story with all that. We've been into that a few times, I won't do it again. Oh, oh he um, was tempted, he was You can go back to old episodes to hear the Odd Job story. Um I just, I just think it's a solid, solid film. It, it's dated in all the right ways. It, um, there are bits that you can laugh at now and go, "That's silly," but there's still an amazing story there. Pussy Galore is in it. She's like an iconic yeah. um, Bond girl. Um, Long she... name, my first daughter. Pussy Galore. Yeah. Like, again, no, no subtext at all. No subtext. Yeah. <laughs> it's like James Bond, you pervert. Okay, name is Pussy out. Galore. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, Honor Blackburn played Pussy Galore. Gosh, she, yeah, she was hot. Um, and this this gold girl was hot as well. Um, yep. It's all good. It's just a perfect Bond film to me. Do you think this was kind of our generation's? Because this is the Bond movie that always sticks out most in my head. Do you think this is like the Bond movie for our generation that we saw first? You know, there's those moments where everyone in a generation sees something for the first time. I feel like all of us know Goldfinger and it's the one we most associate with Bond, which means we must have all watched it at some point. It must have been on or been shown, something of that nature. Maybe it's a paternal thing, because like obviously Pierce Brosnan was our first Bond of the films that were coming out in our lifetime. Yeah. So like if we ever have kids, we might sit them down one day with Goldeneye, say, and sort of go, right... This is the the bond from our era. Enjoy this, yeah, exactly. But that maybe that's what our parents were doing with that to us because this was their first bond, right? Yeah. So like they were like, this is the first film bond film I remember. This is my bond. You're going to enjoy this, my child, and that's why we've watched that. So it's like this thing that's just going to keep going, and there'll be parents in 
sort of 20 years time that will be sitting down with their little kids watching Casino Royale going, this is my Bond, which I quite like that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, oh, what movies am I going to punish my children with? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like my parents never did that. They never were like, this is our... If something was on Channel 4, they'd be like, oh, I remember this from, from when I was younger. But I think I'm a little bit more... Oh, yeah, I forget. Sorry about that. But I feel... <laughs> But I feel like I'm more filmy than they were. So yeah. if my child doesn't love Star Wars, for example, then sorry, you're off to the orphanage. My well, mum showed me. My mum showed me a film. My mum's as bad as me. You know what I'm like with forcing things on people and showing stuff to people. And uh, my mum's just. As, I get it from her. She's just as bad. And um, uh, there's a what's the fucking film called? It's a Clint Eastwood film. It's really famous because it's got the bunny boiling scene in it. Right. So like, you know, every now like you would call someone a bunny boiler and it's from this scene because he's basically got a psycho stalker ex-girlfriend who boils a bunny at one point. Fatal attraction. Yes. Thank you. So um, my mum showed me that because it's one of her favorite films. Or play Misty for me. Both had a similar plot. Oh, maybe it's playing because Clint Eastwood's not a fatal attraction, just for your own. Oh, OK. Maybe it might be. I might I might be getting mixed up in my head between stuff. Um, OK. Yeah, OK. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll, um, she'll let us know. But let's, let's say it's playing Misty for me. So my mum sat me down. She's like, it's one of my favourite films. Let's watch this. Um, Clint, Eastwood, Clint Eastwood, by the way, um, fact, um, was asked to play Bond and turned it down because he said that Bond should always be British. So didn't want um, didn't want to play the role, which is fair play. But I think he still could have been good. Um, but anyway, um, uh, Clint Eastwood was in this film, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And my mum was watching it with me. She could tell I was getting a bit bored and it wasn't really for me. And she was like, just wait, just wait till the end. There's this epic fight scene at the end. You'll love it. I was like, all right, sitting there. And then it gets to the end and she's like, he's like, it's this amazing fight scene. It's flat. And it culminates with um, him. Like he, he throws her off the balcony and it's really fucking dramatic. And it's like, all right, this is going to be amazing. And uh, we're watching. Basically, she breaks in the flat. Clint Eastwood sees her. She runs towards him. He ducks and she falls off the balcony. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole fight. And she was, she was like, oh yeah, okay. That was, that was better in my head. <laughs> I remember that being much more epic than it actually was. Sounds like an Only Fools and Horses sketch. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, but yes, Goldfinger. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue with you putting it in number one. It's... Um, iconic it's it's when you say james bond you say goldfinger the two kind of go hand in hand at this point yeah just so, yeah solid bad guy odd job is an amazing henchman and obviously odd job has become even more legendary to our generation because of the golden eye video game that we were talking about earlier yes yeah and i think that's why it kind of sticks in our memory from there but uh excellent choices mr benz excellent choices so comes down to me to save the day as always um I love this movie with all my heart. I don't see it as a bomb movie. I see it as just it's it's an entity all upon itself, and that is of course Skyfall. Skyfall. I would. I I knew you were going to choose Skyfall, so I didn't. But I will also say that Skyfall, like completely objectively, you cannot argue it is a fantastically made film. Yeah, it is just a non-stop from beginning to end. Your baddies are good. Your women are good. Your action is good. We were talking about like M and bringing in that younger energy uh, with the weapons and the gadgets are not over the top and this kind of thing. It just has everything. And that final scene with the fight in the Scottish um, area. And this was the this was the official 
was it the 50th anniversary when this movie came out? Or I think so, yeah. Um, it yeah, was some it anniversary, was. but they did like cool throwbacks, like the Aston Martins and just like throwaway lines and stuff. And I know Daniel Craig is polarizing, to say the least, as a Bond, the way he plays him. But he is my favorite Bond. I don't give a shit. He is cool. He is suave. He is the most believable guy who can get in a fight. If I see any of them get in a fight, I'm like... Come on. <laughs> yeah, that is more, true, you're getting your dusty ass knocked out. Like Daniel Craig is proper legit as a spy. He, even he even back. Pierce Brosnan wasn't particularly yeah. ripped, was he? He still no. had like he still had a skinny dad bod. Like he's a proper good looking dude, but he did he was still pretty weedy. Exactly. And then you just had so much into this. And we'll go into the actual plot in a bit, but I want to kind of talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff uh, going on. You know that scene where they were doing like the cutthroat razor where Naomi Harris is, is shaving him? Sexy. Sexy. That led to a 405% increase in, in cutthroat razor sales. Oh, now, really? I'm sad that I don't have the percentage of amount of people who cut their necks trying to do it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's all gone wrong, but that, that's what I found amazing. And when we were talking about before bringing back older Bonds to kind of play newer characters, there was talk of Sean Connery playing Kincaid when he that goes was up to shoot. Was it? Yeah, that was the one I was going to talk about when you when we were talking about um, Pierce Brosnan being recast. There we go. So, um, sorry, Jesse, you can jump in with additional information. But uh, when he goes back to his Scottish home, uh, there's an old gameskeeper called Kincaid. And there was talk of Sean Connery kind of playing him, which would have been, I don't know if it would have been too much. Or well, that's, just the why, right amount. that's why they didn't in the end. So Sean Connery was on board to do it. And then last minute they were like, actually, they sort of realized how good a film they had on their hands, I think. And they were like, I think it'll actually, if we suddenly throw Sean Connery in there, that'll completely distract the viewer from what's going on and the story. So it's best not to do that. Yeah. And, and I think if you talk about success of a Bond movie, there's, Yes, we've spoken about GoldenEye and we've spoken about um, Goldfinger and all the other golds in the world. But this is the one that actually bought in the gold. That was a nice link. Um, <laughs> this bought in 1.1 billion overall. It is still the ninth biggest film of all time globally. Um, it's also the most Oscar-nominated Bond film of all time. It's got five nominations, including two wins, which was sound editing and original song. Everyone remembers Adele's Skyfall. Um, you know what's so fucking cool about that song as well? Um, the bass line is the mm. Bond theme. It's just that... Just in the background. What an cool... How did they not think to do that before? Just throw in a subtle like bit of classic Bond music into the theme. Of course it's going to do well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it just, it does work so well. And I remember seeing an interview with Daniel Craig where it's like the first time he heard it, he just broke down into tears and he was just like, this is perfect. Pussy! Pussy! <laughs> uh, but, but that's beautiful as well. And it's also one of the most patriotic, like, yes, other Bond movies have like a British actor playing them. It's like British spies. But this was like, I don't know, this was fighting for king and country. This was the MI6, this was the heart of England of when it was kind of being done. Also, we had the Olympic Games come out around the same kind of time as this, and we had Bond doing the skit with the Queen and this kind of stuff. Um, skit. It was a skit. You don't have a pain, I... mate. <laughs> I know, but just, I don't know, the Queen being involved in a skit just sounds funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> For Philip! <laughs> 
Uh, also, this is um, Quentin Tarantino hates this movie. He says it's it's not really? a Bond movie; it's an action movie, and he's kind of right. It's it's not really a Bond movie, but when you talk about a cinematic, suspenseful action thriller, there is nothing better than this movie. It is no, just right. uh, Javier Bardem uh, with Silver as the villain. So cool because yeah. like it's the first villain where you go. I can kind of relate to why he's being a bit of a dick because he was like M's prized possession and thrown aside. Um, even Bond at the start of this movie, he's in retirement and he's a bit unhinged from what he's doing. Um, I, I just adore this movie so much. I, I just don't think there's a scene from start to finish that's bad. No, it's great. I love the uh, little, the, the slightly homoerotic moment as well when... Um... Oh, when they're in the chair and he like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and Bond says how do you, how do you know it's my first time with a dude is what he's um, implying. He didn't say much if he said that. Much if that was in the script. <laughs> with said, a dude. With a dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but Javier I just let's go. Like all right. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I totally get where he's coming from. But yeah, my uh, but my argument would be you can't make a, a Bond film in the traditional sense now, and yeah. th this was the, this is the perfect way to to move the move the Bond franchise forward. You can't have like a obsessively womanizing sort of misogynistic character like that anymore, and that is a big part of Bond's sort of makeup in the classic films. You just yeah. can't do it anymore. You need to rely on the action and stuff like that. I think. And you also need to make the villain a threat. I think the problem with a lot of Bond movies, um, as they got on, you knew the bad guy wasn't a threat. You knew he wasn't going to best Bond in, in any situation. Whereas when Silver came onto the scene, and especially that final scene with, with the helicopters and the explosions and the fight, there is that moment of, is this the last Bond movie? Is he actually in trouble for this? And then when M starts... Dropping, sorry, when M starts, um, ends up getting killed. Spoilers. It does have that kind of, um, this could actually be the end of, of how it how it comes to close. Which would, And yeah, I just, I just really, really like this movie a lot. And I kind of want to go watch it in a bit. Yeah, me too. Hi, everyone. As well. <laughs> I do. Don't forget about Dalton, though. You said you'd watch some of the Dalton. I would watch Dalton. I would do that. Yeah. And Skyfall is filmed beautifully as well. Like, there's again people shot on Casino Royale, which is a little unfair, but I feel like everyone's the problem with Casino Royale is it's a great movie, but you're coming in going, Oh, new bomb movie. I'm just gonna get a fun, campy bomb movie. And it's not, it's it's Daniel Craig doing this for two hours, his middle fingers <laughs> in the air, like I don't care, I don't care what I'm doing. Um, and he kind of just does what he wants, which makes it so brilliant. And that's what leaves the sour taste in people's mouth. Um yeah. And then when you're talking about Quantum of Solace as well, Quantum of Solace is probably the worst of uh, of what he's done. But then we get into some Sam Mendes genius. Like me and Jesse both love a bit of Sam Mendes when when we're talking about this. So it's it's fantastic to kind of have that element. And then we've spoken about Spectre. This is his next one. Yeah, Spectre. you're not a fan of Spectre. I quite like Spectre. Now, I love Spectre for the vast majority of the movie. That opening scene of um, Deus de las Muertas, yeah, yeah, yeah. when they're doing all of that kind of stuff, is incredible. And the whole build-up is cool. But it just drops the ball a little bit when they try and pull all of these strings together. Like, I have been planning this all along. This is... Oh, with like, with, well, with like the 
baddies. Yeah, having a mad Mickelson, they're all they're all you know tied in with this. And it's like a bit of a stretch. Uh, that that bit is weak, but the kind of final helicopter scene with the crash and stuff is cool. And as you rightfully pointed out, depending on where the next movie goes, it could nicely tie that up. But again, this is the first time that they've ever made a real story out of a collection of Bond films. Yeah, which is exciting. So, like, it seems it, it's not 100%, but it seems pretty obvious that this next Bond film is Daniel Craig's last. Yeah. And um, so that's five films... And I feel like um, if they play their cards right with this final film, like you said, you know, uh, linking them all together, they could make a, a really nice package. Just these sort of these five films could be a really nice package of standalone bomb films before they inevitably reboot it again, I imagine, with someone new after Daniel Craig. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. And uh, oh, we didn't talk about Ralph Fiennes. The Ray genius Fiennes. that is Ralph Fiennes is uh, later playing the new M, uh, Gal- Gareth Mallory, when yeah. he's kind of in it. Um, we've mentioned as well Money Penny being played by Naomi Harris, Ben Whishaw as Q. It just it refreshed it and it revamped it. Like yes, it was sad to see Judy Dench go, but then you reboot it with some quality quality actors. Really makes yeah. it special. Awesome, and I really like the subplot Inspector of uh, when M beats Seven Shades of Shit out of Andrew Scott. Yeah. I love that Andrew Scott's in a Bond film. Yeah, which which is kind of key Ralph Fiennes. Uh, whenever I see Ralph Fiennes, like, I know he's done a lot of amazing work with like Harry Potter and he's been in the James Bond movies, but I always just remember in Bruges, you're an inanimate <laughs> fucking you're object. An inanimate. You, take that fucking, you take that fucking back about my fucking cunt kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's his standout performance for me in a career of like amazing, amazing work. <laughs> God bless you, Ralph. I love bastard. In Bruges. In Bruges is a great film. Great film. Uh, so that's it. That's our uh, top five James Bond movies. I think we've, we've educated the people with some fantastic facts. And I one. feel like if everyone went and watched these five movies, we're talking about your Golden Eyes. We're talking about your Dr. Nose, License to Kill, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Goldfinger, and finally Skyfall. You are going to have a good James Bond watching experience. Yes, agreed. They've all got amazing moments in them. Hot girls, action, fucking Gadgets, what, guns, what more do you want? Yeah, suaveness, sophistication, tuxedos. Um, what's so oh, we man, You know what's put me more in Bond mood re- lately as well? He's playing Hitman so much. Like they have so slyly put in so many Bond references in the new Hitman game. It's awesome. Yeah. Like sort of certain suits he wears and stuff. I love it. Yeah, Jesse, uh, don't hang out with Jesse for the next couple of days. He is in a <coughs> killing mode. Well into assassination, mate. And if my scores on Hitman are to go by, I'm pretty fucking good at it. I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> just just touch him on his ingrown hair and he'll be like, oh. He'll be twitching like I mean, in Doctor No yeah. when they get shot. He'll be like, no, get off. Maybe that's my, that's my MK Ultra button. Like, <laughs> that go. and I'm going to go like evil. But um, yeah, I could I could kill you, hide your body, and not leave a trace, mate. But um, <laughs> and on that happy note, no, that's... no, no. Before we go, before we go, um, just off the top of your head, quickly, who would you like to see play Bond after Daniel Craig? Oh fuck, man! You can't just say ah, before we go. Just quick, just without make thinking. This just, important decision. Just without thinking. Just who do you think would be good? Okay, 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 okay. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me five minutes. Give me ten minutes. Who would be? I, I'd want someone young. I'd, I'd want a young, fun actor to kind of uh, come in and, and play the role. I think. Ah, oh, but I'm forgetting all of them now. I don't know any young people. Jesse, help me. 
I've got a curveball for you who I think would play a good um, Bond. Paul Rudd. Paul, Paul Rudd would have done a good job a few years ago. Um, he still I'm... looks 20. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Get actually. out of my car and into my... <laughs> um, I think um, uh, Tom Holland might do a good Tom job Holland? in a few years' yes. time. Yeah, He's obviously still very young, but in a few years' time, I think he could grow into a good Bond. Um, here's a real curveball for you. Um, Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. Imagine him as Bond. Don't know who that is. Let me look. Yeah, you do. The second, right? You might not know his name, but the second you see him, ah, uh, yes, you'll yes, know yes, him from loads. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he'd be. Sick. He was in. He'd he was really in Black sick. Panther as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he'd be really good. Um, going back to the Whitey Crane and Tom, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston, I think would be amazing. Popular choice. Um, yeah, very suave. Very has that kind of the Loki esque about him. I'd, I'd be all over that. Yeah, um, Tom Hardy has been another popular choice that a lot of people say. But the thing with uh, Bond is they don't cast massive stars like that. Like, no, no, it's normally they cast someone who's a little bit known and it turns them into an international star, right? It, they never cast an international star. So, based on that, we probably don't even know who the next Bond is going to be right now. Like, we don't know that person's name. Exactly. Could be a mystery. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see who takes over Daniel Craig. He is he's been a fantastic bond. I feel like he's he's nailed it. And I'm excited to see what the next kind of journey takes us on, whether it's male, female, whatever, whoever just does the Not job female. well. It's gonna <laughs> Jesse, we're very open on this show. God damn it. Can't be female. No, if you want a female, female. if you want a female spy, just write a new film starring a female spy, create a exactly. new role. We don't yeah, have to just... This this is something I'll take to my death. It's it's not a sexist opinion before everyone sends us the, the hate mail and the messages. It's just people being lazy, not writing original good stories for women. Exactly. It's nothing to do with anything else. Um, there's It's been done. It's been done in the past. Do it more. Sorry. Yeah. Fact. Sars. But uh, that's the end of our James <laughs> Bond film. The reason we did James Bond film, we've got the Easter weekend coming up. You need stuff to watch if you're chilling out on that Sunday and Monday. We've given you six great movies to kind of settle down with and enjoy. Thank you for watching. Um, you can go check out some sweet merch at gottill5.tmail.com. There's a nice little link where you can go and it's got it there. You just click on it. What's that website called, Jesse? Gottill5.com. If you're feeling lazy. If you're feeling lazy. We'll be back next week with another episode. We look forward to seeing you then. Let us know in the comments of this episode your favorite James Bond movies, who you'd like to see play James Bond in the future, whether it's myself or Jesse. I'm just putting it out there. It's fine. I'd be a shit hot bond. I look more like Hitman at the moment, but I could sort of play, like a, play a mix of the both. Yeah. Yeah. Murderous bond. We love it. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, go check out our merch. We would greatly appreciate you supporting us. But if you can't do that, money's tight. Just go subscribe to the podcast. That means just as much. We really appreciate it. Not quite. Have a great Easter break. Relax. Enjoy yourself. Eat chocolate. Get fat and have some fun. Jesse, thank you once again for being an amazing friend, host, and beautiful person to look at, even with your herpes and ingrown hair. I always am, aren't I? <laughs> so thank you, everyone. Enjoy. Good hang, night. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, let's just let's just stick to coleslaw. I prefer I prefer that word. <laughs> so, good night, to Jesse's coleslaw, everyone. Love you all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>